everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Top Rank Podcast. I'm your host, Rami Rank, and I am very happy to join you all here today for the first episode of our show. Now, for those of you wondering what this show is, if you haven't noticed, things are just a little different these days. Most of us are sitting at home with our families, not able to go to work, not able to shop normally, not able to go to some of our favorite stores. But the bright side of what's happened beyond spending time with our loved ones is that a lot of folks have found the time now to create and they are creating content through YouTube and TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever medium you want, but they're creating new content that really is there to create joy for millions of people around the world who really could use a smile right now in dark times like these. And so what we're here to do is to highlight some of that content and to be able to spread it around, spread that joy that people are putting out there and hopefully put a smile on more people's faces. All right, so our first guest of the Top Rank podcast is Josh Silverstein. Josh is a writer and producer based in Los Angeles who uh, has really just kind of taken advantage of, uh, let's call it the time off right now that we're all facing, and created a new show. But anyway, uh, first of all, Josh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thanks, Rami. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you joining us. So, Josh, I guess uh, for all of our folks listening, uh, you know, what type of uh, work would uh, would our uh, listeners know know uh, know of yours? Um, well, let's see. Uh, I'm mainly known for uh, doing kids TV, kind of tween sitcoms. I'd say the nine to fourteen year old range, mm-hmm. uh, live action stuff for Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and Awesomeness TV and a few other places. Um, my biggest uh, uh, successes, I'd say, were uh, I co-created the Disney Channel show I Didn't Do It, which ran for two seasons and uh, comes out on Disney Plus on Friday, actually. And, oh, that's uh, exciting. Then, uh, yeah, and then I also um, wrote for uh, a sketch show for Disney, uh, So Random, that uh, also comes out on Friday on Disney Plus and um, had a bunch of fun um, sketch sketches uh, from that one. And uh, that a few of them kind of went viral and, and got me on the radar screen for development um, at Disney and Nickelodeon. And that's what led to the, the series for, uh, for Disney. I didn't do it. Oh, very cool. So uh, now will you be doing a whole viewing party at home with the family uh, once it uh, start airing? <laughs> I certainly would like to show them some of, uh, some of my work. Or Now that Sean can uh, spell our last name, I'd at least like to, him to see my credit <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> well, that is a major, major accomplishment. Uh, you know. <laughs> Silverstein is much longer than rank, and uh, yes. you know, we, we conquered that one fairly early on, all, <laughs> all four letters of them. So I guess let me, let's start kind of the, go back to the beginning of your careers. When, when did you knew, know that you wanted to be a writer? Um, you know, it's uh, kind of in the, in the blood. It's um, in our family. Um, my parents um, are both journalists, um, and my mom's done um, entertainment writing as well. And my sister's a freelance journalist, so um, I kind of always thought that's what I would be going into. But um, I quickly realized that uh, I liked making up facts and stories a little too much for journalism. And that um, usually doesn't well, work out too well. <laughs> at the time, at the time, fake news was frowned upon. But, <laughs> uh, so I gravitated to more uh, creative uh, writing and just started doing internships and um you know, uh, film TV classes at, uh, at UCLA and, um, uh, eventually landed a, a PA job, uh, out of college on, um, that's so Raven. 
And, so uh, let me ask you, how, how did you get that first PA job? Because, you know, for a lot of folks breaking into the entertainment industry, it, it's a pretty terrifying prospect. I mean, you know, at least for me, you know, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, and the general attitude was that if you wanted to uh, go out to Hollywood and try to make it, then, uh, you know, more than likely you would end up living in a box. <laughs> yeah, and I always had uh, the utmost respect for people that um, – we're coming here from outside of LA because I thought it was it was hard enough, even growing up in LA um, and wanting to go into it, you know, knowing that I wanted to go into it, you know, um, at some point early on in college, um, it was still very hard to land that first job. But you know, I could, I could uh, stay uh, with my parents until I got that first job. So to have to, you know, leave the comforts of where you're from and uh, and actually, um, you know, step out on your own with without a a job yet when you come out here, I thought was was daunting. So all my friends that did that, I was, I was very impressed by. Um, so for me, you know, um, like many other, other people, I just, uh, I had a connection to, um, uh, the showrunner of, um, that's so Raven at the time. And mm -hmm. I just, uh, uh, asked him, you know, is there any, anything open for, uh, an entry level, um, position? I didn't even know what, what a PA was at the time. And I eventually, um, you know, they needed somebody to fill in for like a week for a PA that was going to a wedding or, or out of town for some reason. And that went well. And then uh, that PA ended up getting promoted to another department. So uh, a few months later, they brought me on full time. And um, I mean, I'm sure you've been a PA as well. It's just that great first job where you're meeting everybody in, in every department and, and, you know, you're, you're everybody's errand boy or you know soup getter or coffee getter whatever it is yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> general slave i think is yes the, yes but you uh <laughs> but you learn so much um and you, you know you meet everybody on the casting crew and, and really see how uh how a show gets produced and uh it kind of helps you see where you want to go next well, so then I guess that leads me to the next question is that, you know, you, you start as a PA and, you know, then you become a writer. And so what, what for you was that path through? Because it, it generally isn't that, you know, you're a PA one day and then somebody all of a sudden needs a script and, uh, you know, you're right there with one already done. So how, how did you make that inroad? Yeah, and there's no, uh, when people ask me, I always tell them there's, there's no one clear road probably for, for any job in entertainment, but especially for being a writer, you know, some people do just get discovered from some great script they wrote um, from some competition or, or wherever. But uh, for me, you know, I think I did one of the more traditional roads, which was um, from PA, I, I really kind of sought out um, a writer's assistant job when a writer's assistant is basically the stenographer in the writer's room. You're, you're taking down notes of everything the writers say and you're helping, um, you know, literally type out the, the script and listening to the showrunners and them telling you what, what to put in. Um, but it also just teaches you so much about the dynamics of the writer's room and, and uh, you know, just how to pitch and, and how to respect, um, you know, people uh, with titles above yours and, and how you're, you know, you're all equals at the table as writers, but you also kind of have to defer, defer to, uh, you know, the, the showrunners. So, you know, I, I could see it was an invaluable job, and uh, I just kind of made that my mission to uh, to get um, a writer's assistant job. And um, you know, I think after about a year of being a PA, um, they gave me kind of a a, tri a trial run, and uh, it went pretty well. It, it is a really tough job. It's not necessarily you could be a great writer and, and a terrible writer's assistant. You have to learn to kind of um, you know really just repeat back everything you hear on, on the page and, and uh, still kind of keep your creative mind on because occasionally there'll be lulls or, you know, breaks in the conversation and, and those are your chances to kind of 
um, pitch something here or there. And um, so, you, you know, it was, it was a good, good, uh, you know, job for me that was a stepping stone to being a writer. And, and um, you know, if you have good showrunners, they often give you the opportunity to write the, the freelance episode or two that um, uh, every show writers guild um, mandates that uh, you have to have a few freelance writers in there. And um, so then, you know, once you get your first credits, it helps with getting an agent and, um, and uh, you know, hopefully if you have nice showrunners, they consider you for uh, for a staff position when it opens up. So that really was your path was that you were able to get a couple of those freelance scripts and then get some uh, agency attention at that point. Yeah. I, um, uh, I wrote a couple freelance scripts and of course I was always writing my own spec spec scripts back then people still wanted, um, you know, uh, spec samples from shows currently on the air. Um, you know, I think nowadays new writers, it seems like everybody wants to read pilots. Everybody's looking for a fresh voice and there's so much, um, demand for new content now that, uh, I think people want to read original, um, you know, creations, but, uh, well, but, yeah, yeah, it feels I, like Hollywood's run out of ideas a lot of the time. So when you actually yeah. get something original, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think my first samples were, uh, a curb your enthusiasm spec script and, uh, and a Simpsons mm-hmm. and, uh, still, still quite fond of them. <laughs> <laughs> did they, did you ever, uh, actually get them sent into those shows writers rooms? Um, I didn't send my Simpsons to the Simpsons. I I've been read uh, a couple times um, by uh, the Simpsons when there were openings and uh, never, um, you know, never made it to the, the interview stage there, but that would be, uh, that would be the dream job is, uh, is uh, right for the Simpsons. But um, there's a whole thing about, you know, you don't usually even submit uh, the show you've specced to the show you're applying for. I don't know if it's because for legal reasons, you know, if, if something similar to something they're working on or what, but, um, you know, I think uh, I sent something else to, to the Simpsons, but, uh, but the samples definitely helped me um, get an agent and, and get meetings and uh, make some inroads in uh, the path toward a writing career. And then I guess, so the question becomes, so now you've got the agent. So for you to get a pitch meeting, is it something where you're constantly going to your agent saying, look, I've got this new idea. I've got this new thing. I think it would work out well for this network. And, you know, you're pushing them to get you into the meetings. Is that what the process is? Yeah, that's most of it. That's uh, usually, yeah, I'm, I come up with an idea I feel passionately about. And, you know, first, you just kind of got to try to sell your agent on it. And if he likes it and and sees it or the potential for it, then, you you know, you kind of put trust in him of of where uh, you should take it. Um, And that's part of it. There's also, you know, um, these days, you know, I'll, my agent will hear about something that a production company is, is looking for on their end and say, Hey, they have this idea. Do you want to, you know, pitch a take on it and, and go in to meet with them about it. So I'd still say probably uh, more often than not, I'm, I'm pitching ideas of mine to, um, to buyers. Um, but sometimes I'm, um, you know, hearing uh, ideas from, from buyers and, and trying to shape um, a pitch around, uh, around one of their properties. And then how often is it after you go into something like that where they say, okay, hey, we like what you're doing. You know, can you go ahead and write something for us to the point where like you're actually getting a check? Because a lot of folks, you know, don't really realize that when you're working in the entertainment business, it's very much feast and famine. And so, you know, oh, yeah. you're either going to get the job or you're not going to get the job. And 90% of the time, you're just, it feels like you're just trying, trying, trying without yeah. anything actually coming of it. Oh, yeah, it's tough. There's a lot of, um, yeah, I put in a ton of work for free before ever seeing, you know, um, a paycheck. Um, really, you have to, you know, I think pretty, pretty much any place 
you, you know, you're, you're de developing a pitch, a thorough, you know, um, you know, usually it's four to five page, uh, you know, single spaced Microsoft Word document um, pitch, uh, at least, you know, that's what, what might end up being, where you're really kind of laying out the characters, the world of the show, kind of the series overall, what's funny about it, if it's a comedy, um, where it's going, um, you know, um, potential storylines. Um, so you're, you're really fleshing out kind of the world of the show just on your own time and, and money. And most places now, once I come in and, and verbally do that pitch for them, they might ask to see, you know, my pitch document um, and think about it for a bit. But um, most places I go to, I can um, sell the, the concept off of that. Occasionally you need to provide more material um, or, a, or a more detailed pitch. Um, but I think I'm at a stage now where um, that usually suffices. Um, but uh, yeah, and then, and then when I, what I'm selling at that point is, um, you know, the, the concept, which is they'll buy three or four or five drafts of a pilot script that I'll, um, you know, I'll be contra contractually obligated to write for them mm -hmm. and, you know, potentially a Bible with that or some sort of um, further, um, if, the, if it's a script they're interested in producing, potentially they might want um, something to see where the show would be going past the, past the pilot. And so um, it's, it's like a long series of stepping stones to the point where they say, okay, let's go ahead. Let's actually get this made and let's get, and let's do this. Yeah. The goal is to first to, you know, um, sell the idea and get to write the script. Then you want to try to get your script produced um, into a pilot with, you know, actors and director and, and actually get it shot and, and focus group tested. And then from there, getting, getting the pilot um, picked up to series is the ultimate well, goal. And then I guess here's a question for you. I know you were mentioning a lot of the stuff you do is with, uh, you know, uh, Disney and, you know, uh, Awesomeness TV. With streaming now, has that changed uh, this whole process for you? Because, you know, to me at least, what I'm seeing is a lot less of pilots getting made and more stuff where it's just going straight to series. But are you seeing that as well in this space too? Um, yeah, I think so. It's, um, it just depends on, on the network. I mean, yeah, it's definitely changing the game. I mean, you know, Netflix doesn't do pilots and, and a lot of the streamers don't. And um, it, uh, I, I think it's overall a good thing. I, I think it, uh, it does open up more um, avenues of, of uh, how to get a show actually out there for people to see. You know, there's streaming places that might just want to do six episodes of your show, but, um, you know, it's better than a, a pilot script that, that never sees the light of day. So, um, yeah, I think there's so far for me at least. I've still every every place I've sold has still gone the traditional pilot route. But um, I'm definitely excited about the prospect of uh, um, getting something going with uh, Netflix or Hulu or wh whoever at some point. And and I think they kind of have a, a very detailed show bible is is their model, and then they decide from from that whether they want to do. 13 episodes or however many it is. And uh, yeah, that, that's exciting to me. The idea that they, they trust you enough to kind of tell them what the world is. And then they just let you let the show kind of develop um, over the course of, you know, all the episodes they pick up because, you know, you often have to jam so much into a pilot that it's not even a great reflection of what the series would be just because there's so much setup involved in a, in a first episode when that's all they're judging um, the, uh, the material on. So the idea of, of getting to do something, um, knowing that you'll have many more episodes to establish certain aspects of your characters and your story is, is exciting. 
So then I have to ask you about one other uh, project that you've uh, done. You've done, I think, a couple of these now, um, and that's Disney on Ice. Uh, you know, for all, for all the listeners here, Josh is the writer of uh, many of the Disney on Ice shows that, uh, you know, we've uh, all taken our uh, families or children to go see. And so, you know, with, with you primarily writing in, uh, you know, TV space, how, how did you get Disney on Ice? How did that happen? How did that come about? Yeah, so that was one of those... Uh projects um i alluded to where you know my agent will just come to me and say hey um you know uh, i heard about this thing opening up uh are you interested and um it was uh uh with this company feld entertainment that um uh produces most of um the big uh live um traveling you know arena shows around the world they do monster and, trucks also right yeah they do monster trucks they you know they used to do the the circus and um uh, Disney on ice is, is a huge property for them. And, um, they were looking to, uh, revamp one of their shows. Um, when I first talked to them about, um, uh, it was a few years ago and they, uh, they basically are looking to update their shows every few years as new Disney properties, um, come out. Um, you know, they want to keep it fresh for, for kids. And, um, this was a pretty big overhaul of one of their shows. They wanted to add, um, live hosts and make it, um, more interactive and, um, uh, just kind of, you know, refresh, uh, everything surrounding the, the properties that were in the show. So, um, I thought it was just going to be, you know, um, uh, a one, a one show kind of punch up gig. And my kids were, uh, getting to be the age that uh, I thought they'd enjoy it. And so I just, I just kind of did it on a whim. I was between, uh, pilots at the time and, uh, it ended up being a, a great experience. And, um, they just started, um, asking me if I wanted to punch up their other shows. They see, I seemed to kind of get in there at a good time where they were, they were starting to update a lot of their um, shows and, and they've got so many going at any one time. They've got like, um, I think 10 to 15 shows going around the world, just to different territories. And um, every so how many of those are you doing right now? So right now uh, I'm, I'm done with, I, I don't have any um, active ones. I had a show coming to the LA area that I was excited about uh, in late April. Um, but uh uh, that that is you know delayed uh, indefinitely. Um, Has something we... happened? Has there been a change of schedule? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's some, something's out there. But um, uh, yeah, so that it, it's funny because that one I wrote maybe a couple years ago. It takes the show a long time to go around the world, basically, because they uh, go uh, country to country and city to city. Uh, so it um, uh, you know I, there probably will be others uh, come to town, but I'm not not writing any at the moment, but I'm hoping as, uh, as some new Disney properties come out, um, there'll be more work there. Now, have you thought about expanding the genres that you write in at all? Like, you know, anything thriller or horror, you know, anything darker, or do you just love comedy and that's really where you want to be? Um, I love comedy. I've definitely tried to expand to, um, the adult world. I've, I've, uh, you know, porn. <laughs> this shows <laughs> just say the shows i watch but i, I don't know if I, I feel like you'd, you'd say that again um, <laughs> um you know comedies for uh above nine to 14 year olds i guess so i've 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 been uh pitching in in that arena but that's um you know the uh kid tween world is kind of the, the bread and butter and and i like yeah i i genuinely uh like writing for that especially as as my kids um age into that you know category of entertainment so now with all with all the craziest uh craziness going on right now and we'll get to the quarantines in a second but are, are you still writing are you still working on other projects yeah i'm um still uh uh trying to develop something for one um 
company and then I'm um, writing a, a, a feature on my own. Um, but they're both kind of slow going and, um, and it's hard to kind of know what people will want to watch after this. I feel like I'm kind of waiting to also just curious to see what, uh, what the appetite is for what kind of shows after this whole thing's done. It seems like it'll, it'll change tastes um, in one way or another. It's just such a world shattering event. I, yeah, I feel like people want to watch anything with a friend in the same room with them. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. Like. Yes. <laughs> you know, just anything, you know, that involves human contact seems like a pretty good uh, I good think you're right. right I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I, look, I'll, let me throw a pitch out here to you. And it's it's two people shaking hands for 22 minutes and uh, uh, there's commercials that, and everything. But that sounds I, better than porn right now. Uh, it's, it's well, no, it's a thriller. It's, it's very <laughs> exciting. I mean, you're literally just edge of your seat the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you, you don't know what's going on. I do find myself, I do find myself getting like anxious watching people touch or you know hug in, in uh, a show. Now it's it's weird how uh, I was talking about this with a friend. How quickly uh, norms change and we adapt to these um, crazy new circumstances. Oh yeah, I, my God! I, you watch Batman; they're all talking to each other, and uh, you know they're less than six feet apart, and I think they're <laughs> all going to die. I mean, at least <laughs> Bane Bane has that mask, so he's okay. I, is that an N95? Because if so, you know, I'd like to buy that off Warner Brothers. <laughs> that yes, sounds great. It is. <laughs> I'm Gotham's Reckoning. <laughs> I should really give it to a doctor, but I'm a bad guy. <laughs> so anyway, let, let's jump into the Quarantines real quick. Because this literally popped up out of nowhere on uh, my Facebook feed. I had no idea that you were doing this, and I I just literally laughed my ass off the whole <laughs> way through this thing. It was really fantastic. So, give us a little download exactly what is the Cornsteins, and I mean, look, you know, most of us are sitting at home just trying to take care of our families, and uh, you've developed a series. So, <laughs> how did this all happen? Well, I would say um, even in uh, you know uh, times when there's not a, a pandemic circulating, I, I always want to be. Uh, uh, working on something, I, I just, uh, you know, I get uh, restless if I'm not um, using my um, creative muscles of my brain for, for some script. And, and uh, you, you know, our, our industry pretty much shut down um, as soon as uh, the lockdown went into effect since it's, it's uh, deemed uh, non-essential. Um, so I knew nothing new was, was going to be happening for a while, but I wanted to be working on, on something. And uh, Melissa, my wife, suggested, um, uh, "Why don't you do something with the kids?" And then, you know, you're it's a it's a project for them and and keeps you active. And uh, I just got hit with uh, we're the Silversteins, and I just got hit with this uh, this title of the Quarantines, and um, it quickly uh, quickly came together. You said you didn't know I was doing it. I, I didn't really know I was doing it till uh, like four days before. It was just you know that that first week where you were uh, we were all on lockdown and the kids were off of school. Um, everyone was talking about how they were going to home their school, their kids, or, you know, uh, how they were going to manage the chaos. And, and, uh, I just, there was so much material from like the first hour of, of trying to, uh, um, get my kids to, to focus and, and accept me as, as their teacher for a while that I just, uh, I just rolled with it. And, you know, we just kind of, they, they liked the idea and, and I'd say it was half kind of a, a little story I came up with and half me just, filming them doing funny stuff around the house and, and kind of figuring out a, 
a way to, to work it into to my plot. I mean, I was um, going to say, it really feels like a lot of the times you just, you just turned your camera on and watched what was going on. Like, this feels very close to reality. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, heightened reality, kind of the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm style, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I just put it out there because, um, I don't know, I just felt like uh, uh, people still need to, to laugh a little bit during this time. I know it's um, harder and harder every day with uh, the grimmer and grimmer news reports. But um, for me, just, I don't know, I've never been much of a meditation guy. And laughter is just the, the easiest way for me to to relax and um and uh be present so i i just uh i kind of had this gut feeling that it was okay to to find humor in you know uh, in like the little suburban minutiae of uh being stuck in a house with with your kids um i figured that that territory was okay even during a uh a horrible pandemic so um uh and you know i was still very kind of nervous or um self-doubting when i put it out there just wondering you know do people want to laugh right now is is this okay and and the feedback yes. has been, been so nice that uh you know people people are uh you know clear, clearly do want it and, and it's definitely made me uh feel like it's it's the right move and i and it's uh given me energy to uh come up with some new ones yeah i mean you, you got to keep coming up with this stuff because literally every episode i i watch i'm looking like this is my life now this is exactly <laughs> what i'm dealing with. I, yes i i do i i have to remove clothes when coming back in the house sometimes you know like, like yeah. literally it's you hit everything on the head i mean it, it's, oh, it's just it's just fantastic i you know I, I can you talk about any of the episodes coming up i know you've told me some stuff off air but i don't know how much you want to be a surprise for the audience yeah yeah no that's fine um yeah no i mean like you said I, I want it to be as relatable as possible to uh we're all going through this thing together and um we're all doing this crazy stuff and i mean you know part of it comes from a place i think of um you know we both have have young kids and you know you have to kind of keep this ridiculously like upbeat attitude even during this thing just to not damage their you know little delicate psyches you want to protect them a little bit so I feel like part of the positivity and and looking for the humor and stuff is just coming from you know I can't completely lose it and freak out my kids are like uh hearing about coronavirus as much as you try to shield them and and you want them to understand something serious is going on but you but you uh you don't want them to be totally freaked out so you know when they see me wiping down groceries um that I bring in from Trader Joe's, how about like making it into a silly, um, you know, scene of, you know, wiping it down in, in just an apron with no other clothes on and, and gloves and tongs and, and, you know, just turn it in, into uh, a ridiculous um, kind of over the top uh, version of, of what everybody's doing. It, it was that, very Walter White. I really like that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was hoping people would, would go. Although nobody commented on my, uh, my Buffalo Bills apron. I thought at least some of my, my Buffalo family members would, uh, would uh, appreciate that reference. But, well, uh, I, I've got a location manager who's a diehard Bills fan. I'm going to make okay. sure that he sees this. Okay. Good, good. Thank <laughs> you. But uh, yeah, so past here, I'm still trying to keep it uh, relatable. This, this next one I'm working on now goes into, um, well, I, I, I check our uh, investments for the first time. I, I you know, I kind of play oh, a don't slight, do that. <laughs> slightly more buffoonish version of myself. And I, I somehow, it, it hasn't occurred to me to, to check uh, my investments since coronavirus. And I, and I see that they've, they've dwindled to nothing. So uh, I, I make the kids uh, close their uh, school books and, and we all have to figure out um, Corona proof side hustles, um, you know, jobs to do during, during this time. And, uh, and uh, it just goes from there. I, I eventually settle on opening a, um, a hair salon in the backyard, which um, doesn't quite go as, 
as I'd like. And, and I ended up with an actual terrible haircut, um, courtesy of, of my wife uh, cutting my hair for the first time. Well, that's why there's no video component to this interview. We, we discussed <laughs> this and we, we felt it was better for humanity for uh, no one to see you right now. Thank you so, for that. You're welcome. <laughs> you're absolutely welcome. Uh, well, look, Josh, th this was great. I mean, thank you so, so much for uh, joining me here today. Uh, really excited about the Kornsteins. Uh, tell everybody where you can go find episodes of that so that uh, more people can uh, log in, watch this, and uh, have a good laugh. Uh, yes, I should know where it is. Well, basically, just uh, go to YouTube, type in Quarantines, Q-U-A-R-A-N-S-T-E-I-N-S, and uh, you'll find episodes one and two right now. I'll, I'll try to come up with a catchier uh, way to link to it. Uh, my my uh, uh, streaming skills aren't that savvy yet, but but I'm getting there. So uh, episode three, uh, it seems like I'm basically putting one out every every Sunday whenever my kids sit down to watch a movie. So uh, So hopefully every Sunday there'll be a new episode. I love it. All right. Well, Josh, thank you very, very much again for joining me on this first episode and uh, look forward to having you back again in the future. All right. Thanks, Rami. All right. That was Josh Silverstein, everybody. Josh Silverstein, really a fantastic, talented guy. Everyone should check out the Corensteins. It's a really good laugh that we could all use right now. Anyway, if you're a content creator or have something you'd like to share and talk about, we'd love to hear from you. So please shoot us an email over at info at the top rank podcast. Com. Again, that's info at the top ranked podcast.com. Thanks very much, everybody, and stay safe and healthy out there. Mm -hmm.